This is a download from MFR. The Ross County Fan Zone on MFR with Ian Ald. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Ross County Fan Zone on MFR News and views from Victoria Park by the fans, for the fans. And I'm joined by two Staggies diehards, John Maxwell and Scott Taylor. On this week's show, we'll look back at a six-goal pulsating Highland Derby. We'll also look ahead to this weekend's game with Motherwell and we'll talk January transfer window. Well, let's start uh, by first of all looking back at the epic Highland Derby, the second instalment in the series of the, the Highland Derbies this season. Scott, uh, um, it's been described as a, a classic by many neutrals, perhaps for those involved um, of Ross County persuasion. A difficult ending, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, disappointing ending, obviously if you're a county fan. I'm sure the Cali fans were delighted. I know there was certainly at least one of them on <laughs> making sure that the fans, the Ross County fans, knew about it. Uh, but like you say, for for the neutrals, I think it was a great advertisement, you know, for the Highland Derby. Mm-hmm. Um, from speaking to friends, then they they were saying that you know that's the best game in Scotland they've seen in a long time. So it was good. Like I said, if there's one positive that comes out of it, at least we got to show show the nation or the world, depending who is actually watching it. Um, you know that you know Highland Derby is you know one of the best. It's not quite up there with El Clasico or <laughs> in the big ones, El but El Clasico, it's called though, isn't it? It's aye, El Clasico, aye. But uh, but to you know, but to me, it's the most important derby in the world. You know, it you know I take any win. Yeah. against Cali over any other team in the world. <laughs> well, you still may get your chance because it goes to a replay yeah. on Tuesday as well. <laughs> I think, though, I've heard a lot of folk over the bridge describe it almost like a winner. You know, when you, you score so late on in a game, it feels like you, you've won the match. But in reality, it was a draw. It will go to a replay. Does it feel like you lost a game for you, John? It did, because I have to say I celebrated like mad when, it, <laughs> when, when County went 3-2 up. Um from a Cali perspective, they might wonder how on earth they, they got into a position where they were losing 3-2 in injury time. But the county had such great momentum from, from their, their first goal at the start of the second half. And on the balance of play, they dominated the second half in the same way that, that Cali dominated the first half. Um, it does feel like a, a loss to a certain extent because County were in a winning, winning position and now they have to, to go through the replay which as we said last week wasn't what any of us were, were was really looking for um, the momentum might be with Cali again starting afresh in, in their home ground um, County haven't got a great recent record there they won 3-1 in September 2009 but they they lost the other t- three matches since, mm-hmm. um, so we'll just have to wait and see on that one. I think the, the, you described there that the, the game of two halves, Cali definitely controlled things in it, the first half. Ross County came out in the second half, and it was really subdued in the first half. That it didn't have that derby feel to it. But in the second half, we were treated to a real derby affair. Yeah, I think once they came out for the second half, they kind of knew. 
kind of player certainly that they had to t- kind of take the game by the scruff of the neck and just you know go for it and you know scoring three goals in the second half that's probably you know compared to previous games you know they actually came out and you know tried to look to win the game yeah I think you have to take the positives though from that second mm-hmm. half you know it's so like we say Cali have that kind of psychological advantage because they they drew the game even though it felt like a win but I suppose for for Derek and the players and I suppose the supporters you have to take the positives from the the second half performance where you the, the side come out and really you know on another day might have won that game there was two debatable Inverness goals that Derek Adams still feels very unhappy about yeah I mean certainly we've seen how we compete against a team like Celtic um, yeah. and we know what the team is capable of on their day I think yeah the first half kind of was a bit it was almost as though they didn't turn up but in the second half certainly yeah once they got themselves back into it they obviously fell behind to a de- dubious goal <laughs> we'll put it that way um, you know question whether it was offside or not I think Obviously, um, the referee and the officials don't get the benefit of hindsight by mm-hmm. looking at TV replays during the game, but I think a lot of people in that part of the ground could clearly tell, you know, that uh, the boy was offside. But, you know, that's why pencils have erasers, people make mistakes. <laughs> Craig Thompson was a referee, I felt he had a, quite a good game, John. Um, he is the referee for the, the replay as well. Um, a yellow card after the first yellow card of the game after 80 minutes, but perhaps his his assistants, his uh, helpers didn't uh, help him out. No, well, um, the the West End linesman didn't have the greatest of games, and Craig Thompson was quite correct in overruling him sometimes when he was getting s- simple errors wrong. Those errors might not have uh, had a, a major impact in the in the in the bearing of the game, but. Um, there, there are things that affect the the momentum for a team going forward and get getting in each other's respective halves of the pitch and and such like. But um, although Adams can be quite unhappy about the, the the offside decisions, it's nothing much that he can really legislate for. What he can do is try and organise his team, and he he did that quite superbly in in the second half. It's just a shame we didn't see much of that performance in the first half. The midfield I felt were crucial on on Saturday, um, and and in the midfield he's he's getting really good performances. Ian Viger's been uh, Ian Vigers has been outstanding in the last couple of weeks. Richie Britton is is always sensational. Uh, Rocco Quinn and, and Stuart Kettlewell, those four guys are really kind of pulling things together nicely at the moment. Indeed, they are, and you could argue that the midfield is carrying the, the front line at the moment in time um, last week we talked about the amount of goals that they're uh, contributing compared to the forwards and Morrow and Glenn and Ross and McMenamin have, have all they've, they've got what three goals among them at this moment in time and Britain and Vigers have scored the, the majority of the goals and Rocco Quinn's chipped in with a couple of really good goals himself uh, notably the one at the, at the beginning of the second half Um you could say that the county don't have a good enough forward at this moment of time to play with one up front, but judging from the the match on Saturday, I, I would say that county don't have a good enough forwards to 
uh, play with two up front because it means that there's one less midfielder in the park. And if the midfield has to carry the team at least until the the transfer window, then you might as well play another midfielder and try to bring a little bit of stability and maybe get Vigers a little bit closer to the goal. And um, because because he's certainly the most dangerous creative threat at this moment of time. Yeah, because we know the defence on their day can be very solid. I know they conceded three at the weekend as well, but they have kept uh, numerous clean sheets already this season, Scott. So we know that the defence can do their job. The midfield has been fantastic for Ross County this season. All we're missing is a couple of goal scorers. Yeah, certainly. And you look ahead to the game against Mather all the weekends, you know, Michael Higdon and Jamie Murphy, you know, I've got 15 goals between them this season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a sort of partnership we could be doing with that front. But um, yeah, like you say, the, the midfield's been carrying a lot of the goals and a lot of threats this season. I mean, d- defensively, you look at um, the amount of goals we have conceded. I mean, that's three games this season where we've conceded with literally the last kick of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, even going back to last season, you know, there were a couple of games where conceded really late goals ultimately it didn't cost us in the long run but when you look at the fine line between winning and losing in the Premier League it's the sort of thing that really um, they need to kind of work on and it's something that Adams has always preached as you know fitness for 90 minutes of the game um, maybe he needs to look at you know injury time as well I spoke to Grant Monroe about that a few weeks ago when you, you look at the late goals that County have conceded this season, the derby was a, a sick now. And Hearts, you know, you're, you're three yeah. points at that get away to Hearts. Celtic as well, you know, you're three points away from uh, a minute away from beating Celtic. Tough to take, and I suppose it's a bit of a learning curve for the players at, at this level. It, well, it's a learning curve to a certain extent, but the defence, they've got so much experience. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't begin to count the number of appearances that Tokley and Monroe have among, uh, bet- between them. Um, S- Scott Boyd's p- played most of his career in the first division, but but he's played a lot of games now, and he's he's getting in, into his late twenties. Uh, and Kovacevic is he's won a Scottish Cup with Dundee United, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's played a number of games in the SPL. Um, it shouldn't really be a learning curve. Um, but I'd say that County probably... Uh, I, I'd say it's a physical thing, in as much as there, there's not enough um, maybe physical power in the, at the, the base of midfield to, to stop a lot of the attacks towards the end of the match. Um, as uh, teams surge forward, um, there's... County tend to sit deep as most teams naturally do if you're trying to defend a lead Um, maybe they need a a more imposing goalkeeper but on the current resources I think they can't ask for much more than what they've got in Fraser and Brown Mm -hmm. Um, I've come around to think that it is a learning curve because because I don't think we'll see so much of it later in the season well hopefully hopefully that's the the aim Um, back to the Scottish Cup just for a second Um, still in the round uh, still in the hat for the fifth round draw a way to Kilmarnock. I know that Cali Thistle are still the hurdle to overcome, but uh, another away trip down to Ayrshire. I know that Derek Adams is quite focused on the SPL at the moment. Things change in football, you know. I mean, we talk about Cali Thistle having a good run at the moment. Who knows? They might be struggling for form come February, and and in the reverse, Ross County might be flying high. They might have put a few games together. Uh, they might go into that that fifth round tie if they get there with some confidence, who knows, some new players as well. So it's a long a long time to to kind of assess 
a fifth round tie against Kilmarnock away from home. Another variable is how Dundee will be doing, and I, th- I think in the long run they will be County's main uh, rival to avoid relegation. And Dundee, um, D- Derek Adams uh, is always saying that County have got the the smallest budget in the league, and that implies that Dundee spend more than they do. Maybe Dundee have still got some more money to spend in the in the transfer window, and I, I guess if they strengthen uh, more then I think it could be quite tight. Um, by the time February comes around and if County are in the next round of the Cup, um, I I can see there only being a couple of points at the bottom of the, bottom of the league and I think that very much that County would be prioritising staying above Dundee. Well, we'll talk about the January transfer window very shortly because it is about to open. We're only three weeks away from the window opening. Let's look ahead to Motherwell now. Ross County skipper Richard Britton looks ahead to the trip to Fir Park. First game of the season when they come up to our place, that they're a good side. Um, they've been playing in Europe this season um, against some quality sides, and they finished, you know, they were third in the table. They finished last season, um, so that just shows that they're a good side. Michael Higdon scoring goals for fun up front. Jamie Murphy. Being electric, um, Humphrey Ojama, you know, he could go on. Lasley Midley Park has been exceptional, so um, you know, it's a really good um, game. One we're looking forward to, um, you know, it's, it's a new venue for us, um, and one the boys will hopefully go and enjoy and hopefully put on a good show and get three points. You drew 0 0 with them uh, back in August, and at that time, Motherwell were still in, still in Europe and you know, um, still really positive from the season before that, but you handled them pretty well, and you, you might have been unlucky not to, to win the game. Yeah, we could be, yeah, possibly, but I think a draw was a fair result. Um, there was a lot of emotion, emotion going into that game, you know, a lot of nerves um, on our part. It was our first game in the Premier League, but I thought we stood up to the task very, very well um, against a side we've been playing in Europe this season, um, and we're still in Europe at that time. So I thought we stood up to the task really, really well, and you know, it was a credit to the boys. But you know, that's gone now. Um, it's a return fixture at their place, and hopefully we can, we can, you know, play at the same standards we did in that game and possibly come away with away with something from the game. Quite often when a, a new club comes up from the first division, you know, they tend to struggle in the, the first game, but I think that game showed everyone and in, indeed that the games after that at Ross County can handle life in the SPL. Yeah, um we knew ourselves we could handle life in the SPL. Difficult, don't get me wrong, it's very, very difficult in the Premier League. You know, results are very, very hard to pick up as it's shown this season. Um but I thought that game, you know, made a few people sit up and realise that well you know, we weren't just here as cannon fodder to make up the numbers and I thought you know, we held our, held our heads up after that game really, really well and hopefully we can do the same on Saturday. Like you say, I mean, they were in well, Europe at the start of the season, they've done very well over the last couple of seasons. This season they've struggled a wee bit at home. Um, can you go in and take advantage of that this weekend? Hopefully, um, hopefully. Um, like you said, they've maybe struggled at home a wee bit, but you know, we don't focus on any other team, we just focus on ourselves and get our game plan right, um, get, our, get our mindset correct and you know everything will take care of itself. If we work hard and go and play the way we, we know we can, we won't be far away. News and views from Victoria Park. This is the Ross County Fan Zone. Ross County skipper Richard Britton there looking ahead to this weekend's trip to Motherwell. John, um, a good game to look forward to, a good game to come back into after that uh, derby disappointment. Uh, I think so. Uh, Motherwell have been relatively poor at home so far this season. They've only won one game um, in eight 
Um, they've got they've got actually they've got an identical record to Ross County away from home. Is seven Motherwell points do it from home. seven? Yeah, yeah, seven. Sorry, seven points Ross County have got away from home, and Motherwell got the same at home. Um, it, indeed, and uh, whereas uh, both teams can feel the a bit hard done by in that they might have won games where the, where they've actually drawn them. Um, I think Miller will find at home hard at home because peop- uh, other teams sit in a little bit more as Ross County certainly did in the first match of the season and um, as Britain says they've got they've got some players who are electric like Jimmy Murphy they've got a great front four a, a, a lot like Inverness Cali um, they play a 4-2-3-1 and they've got three players three very mobile players behind Michael Higdon who's a target man um, and I, if they don't have the space to uh, work into it, then the the rest of the team can be neutralised quite easy. And I I might you might see County sitting quite deep at the for large parts of the game on Saturday. They are a side Scott, as John says, it do very well away from home. At home, yeah, they, they perhaps have struggled a lot bit this season. But I think that if you under underestimate Motherwell for a second, like Cali Thistle perhaps did a few weeks ago. You'll get hit with a five-one scoreline. They, they are, you know, a real top side on their day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's probably a slight blip at the start of the season they've had with mm-hmm. their home record. I mean, I watched the Hibs game, the Friday night game, and you know they were unlucky, you know, with a couple of decisions and um, Hibs on their day, you know, fabulously deserved their win. But you look at the amount of goals they've scored at home, apart from the four goals. Like you say, against Cali, um, they've only scored another three in in the league. So they've, they've struggled to get goals at home in the same way that County have kind of struggled to get goals away from home. Again, obviously, the I mean, County have scored nine goals on the road, four of which came against St Mirren. So they're not, you know, both teams... It's probably looking like it's going to head for a nil-nil, which, 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 which usually happens, and then... You know, you expect that sort of result, and then you know it ends up being three or four all or something like that. Yeah. Well, here's hoping I would love to yeah. see a four all cracker at Fair Park on on Saturday, but who knows? But we talk about Motherwell, great going forward. Perhaps defensively, they're there to be got at. They've got a few kind of youngsters in there. At Pataudry, they had the young lad Fraser Kerr. Adam Cummings has come in, did an okay job. They're a bit suspect, perhaps that way, and also they've got a keeper in Lee Hollis who will start in place of Darren Randolph. So again, it goes back to Ross County's striking department. It'd be good if someone can go in there and really muscle in and, and noise up these these guys. Indeed, um, I think the I, I think it will be the midfield getting forward that will be the the key to County scoring goals as uh, as usual. Um, I I would just hope that um, someone up front can hold the ball up for County to get the the midfields. Uh, higher up the pitch, I think Motherwell look a bit vulnerable to diagonal balls behind their fullbacks, and um, if if, um, if we can get forwards running into the channels and behind centre backs, then that will be the way to go. Yeah, nil nil. It was Scott back in in August. Perhaps not a a classic, but it was a game that uh, I think Ross County just had to to get something from to kick start there. The SPL campaign. Yeah, I think if they'd been defeated in the first game, especially with the unbeaten run that they were on, I think they were up to 30... That game was the 35th in a row, mm-hmm. unbeaten. 
I think if the run had gone right at the start of the season, I think the momentum probably would have been lost. And as it happens, we went on to, to 40 games. Uh, so certainly, we, de we definitely didn't want to get beaten in our first game. And I think that trend carried out for the first kind of couple of months. You know, where we didn't... We weren't looking like winning games, but it didn't look like as though we were going to lose games. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think I think Derek Adams had that kind of drilled into the team. I think when the first defeat did come, um, I think things kind of loosened up. I suppose when you know, especially when you score four goals away from home and don't win. <laughs> uh, but certainly, yeah, the the Motherwell game at the start of the season, um, the main the main thing wasn't getting getting beat. As I said to Richie there in the interview, that that game showed everyone that Ross County can handle life in the SPL because Motherwell were uh, awesome the season before. They were they were third in the SPL. Stuart McCall's put together a very good side as well. So for Ross County to get them on match day one was a, a big uh, a big challenge, but uh, they managed it. Indeed they did, although I th I, even if it's going to be a tight match, it will be a slightly different match. Um, I think Henry Koyama's come on to a bit of form and he can be... A, bit, uh, a game changer uh, Motherwell have got several game changers we've got Murphy who can produce a, a wicked cross out of nothing um, they've got Omar Daly to come off the bench they've got Humphrey who scored a, a rocket of a goal against Dundee United um, in the, the last league match um, but but Ayama is, he, he's the kingpin so to speak because he can beat uh, a player um, in any part of the pitch he, he can take him on and beat him quite easily he can take on two players and when he does that that can unlock the the back of Ross County's midfield and that's when you bring in players like Humphrey and Murphy and they they can do damage then um, Oyama hasn't scored as many goals as he'd like to because he does look like a good, a good finisher but his confidence is low in that respect but the fact that he can beat anyone anywhere uh, reminds me of a bit like Luis Suarez at Liverpool, and he creates many more chances than he'll score. Two massive uh, losses, in my opinion, for, for Ross County this weekend. Potentially, Scott Boyd could be out, and Stuart Kettlewell looks like he's definitely out. He hasn't trained all week, Derek says. He picked up a nasty knock uh, on, on Saturday in the derby. He's out the game, so Ross County will have to shuffle things about there. Yeah, you look at the two players, I mean... I think was Kettlewell suspended for one game at the start of the season. Getting... He he was suspended yes. against Motherwell himself. Motherwell, yes, yeah. yeah, that's right. And um, but he came back into the team and made the position of his own. The same with Scott Boyd. He's been you know consistent mm -hmm. in the starting eleven. He's usually one of the first choices. I think Scott <laughs> Boyd has played every consecutively every single game since the. Hamilton defeat at the start of right. last season so you know he, you say he's probably yeah. the f one of the first names on Derek Adams' team sheet Yeah so they'll, they'll obviously be missed, I mean we've got guys to come in um, certainly they're probably going to be champing up a bit to you know stake their you know, claim for a place in the team but um, whether, whether Derek decides to shuffle it around mm. too much um, in terms of his formation I can't, I can't really see that uh, to be honest I don't know whether Derek's knows what his best starting eleven is. So this might give him a chance to, you know, think around, see how other players cope coming in and yeah, see see what see what they can do. Defensively, John, I think Grant will just slot in if Scott Boyd does doesn't make it he, there's a doubt over Scott Boyd's fitness, but Grant Monroe will come back in there you'd imagine 
who would replace Steve, uh, Stuart Kettlewell for you? Uh, well, Tolkien's played at centre back recently, so I, I think that uh, although Scott's right, I don't think uh, Derek Adams does know his first, his best eleven at this moment in time. But um, the the defence would pick itself if Boyd was out. You'd have Kovacevic at right back, and you'd have Tolkien at centre back, Monroe also at centre back, and uh, Fitzpatrick would be at left back. I think. Um, as far as the midfield's concerned, anything goes, I think, at this moment in time. There are some players that have played pretty much every game. Kettle would be almost one of them, but, but Quinn has has featured um, almost exclusively when he found it hard to get in the team when they were in the first division, mm-hmm. ironically. Um, Fotheringham has played, I think, a, a, apart from Saturday against Cali, he'd played every match since he joined the club um, to the detriment of Paul Lawson. Um but I, I, I wonder. I wonder how it's going to work because um, Kettlewell brings such a good balance to the centre of midfield because he he runs beyond um, the the attacking line and he he makes runs into the box that other players don't. And if you've if you've only got maybe Quinn and Britton and um, Fotheringham in, in in the centre of midfield, you wonder where the the forward thrust is going to go come from because they all like to to playmate themselves to a certain extent mm-hmm. although Quinn's certainly shown that he can score from outside the box sometimes you need someone to, to push into the box um, and, and make themselves the, the second forward You mentioned the L word there Lawson, the fans really are are screaming out for him, they, they really want him back, he is a, is a fan's favourite Scott and uh, well, you'd like to see him back as well wouldn't you? I mean yeah, it'd be good, it'd be good to see him back but I think that's probably more to do with results we've had over, you know, we're, we've been in winning positions, mm-hmm. not one, and people, you know, like myself would think that Paul Lawson would be the ideal player to have in situations like that. Um, it's, you know, it's the manager that picks the picks the team, so we've got, you kind of have to, you know, stick by his decisions. Um, yeah, Lawson was on the bench a couple of uh, games ago and there was only the, the five uh, players on the bench because of the Scottish mm-hmm. Cup rules. However, he can, can go back to, to seven on Saturday. However, Derek Adams has challenged his fringe players to show uh, more intent. Well, well, we'll have to you know add to the, to the bench for this game. We've got seven substitutes and back to five on Tuesday night. And uh, just unfortunate these boys miss out. And uh, you know the players that uh, have got the jersey just now are performing well, and and uh, they need to. You know, do better than, than them and show better than them to get back in the side. Looking ahead to January, it's not mm. too far away. I know that you've said already that you're perhaps looking to, to add mm. your squad. How far are you down that line, or is it probably too early yet? Yeah, too early, but you know, we've been out looking. I've been uh, in England uh, most of the week uh, looking at players and uh, with the director of football, and uh, it's going to be difficult for us, but uh, you know, there is a lot of players out there, there's a lot of. Uh, players that uh, are younger and uh, probably not ready for, for the, the first team but uh, we'll see and uh, we'll see how things progress but we're you know, looking at uh, you know, experienced players as well So Derek Adams there saying that the French players will have to work a little bit harder and also touching on his, his plans for his January uh, shopping um, John I'll get your thoughts first of all about the, the French players because it's amazing when you, you're there on the match day and you see the likes of Paul Lawson in the stand, Colin McMenamin was in the stand, Martin Scott. A question marks over his, his fitness. Mark Corcoran still to come back as well. Russell Duncan still in the stands as well. 
you know, a lot of big players and the first team players in the stands, which uh, a few of the supporters wouldn't mind seeing on the park. Indeed, but there are only 11 places mm-hmm. to give, so it's quite difficult. And who who would you drop, really? I mean, none, none of the none of the midfield to, to front line have really been that bad. Well, I, I'd, I, I'd say that the forwards haven't excelled themselves, but uh, Colin McMenamin clearly isn't uh, fit, or he would be. If he was fit to play 90 minutes, I'm sure that, that he'd be starting every game. Um, because, as far as I'm concerned, he's probably the the best forward that County have had in the in terms of the the link up play that he has with the midfield and the the selfless runs that he makes into the channels and lays it off for other midfielders. Um, uh, Russell Duncan, you forget that he's at the in the squad sometimes, but he he did really well at the start of the season when he he started against Motherwell. And he came on for Lawson against Aberdeen, and then um, he kind of faded away into obscurity. Uh, uh, he barely played a, a game last season as well. I, th- I think he he didn't have a great match against Ray Throwers in the cup, which didn't do his uh, I, I, he didn't do any favors for him really. And it was the same. That was Lawson's last starting match as well. I thought Lawson did okay in that match, and he. And it was only when he, the team managed to get the ball to him that, um, and and he started playmaking that that County looked good at the end of the match and they scored, um, but uh, Martin Scott hasn't really looked good at any stage of this season. Unfortunately, I don't. I, I wouldn't be too upset if if he he didn't get drafted straight back into the team. He's good because he's versatile and I think that Adams looks upon that as a, as a key asset because he can play anywhere along the midfield. He can play behind the striker. I don't think he's very good behind the striker, but he can play anywhere across the midfield. Um, but I, I think I think we'll be seeing a, a few of the fringe players going and it'll be interesting to see who comes in in their place. Yeah, Derek Adams has said he's already told that the fringe players or players in the squad, whatever you want to call them, um, he's he's told the the guys who will be leaving that they are going in January, um, and he's actively looking to seek uh, replacements as well. He's been down in England. Um, I'm not too sure what games in England he was he was looking at. I don't know if there were Premiership games or um, he might have taken or, the leaf out of Teddy Butcher's well, book and looked down in the down in the conference. <laughs> yep, yeah, I mean Teddy's pulled off a few gems uh, in the summer. Yeah. Perhaps Derek's uh, maybe going down the same road. Yeah, I don't see why not if. If there's players that are hungry and want to, you know, get first team football, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be looking abroad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, looking down in England. I mean, like you say, it's it's worked out pretty well for for Teddy Butcher and the players he's brought in. I think he was initially criticised Teddy in the summer yep. um, for not, you know, having as many local players, but. You know, I've been watching County over the last what, fifteen, sixteen years, and you know, we haven't over the kind of last maybe ten years, with the obvious exception of uh, Don Cowie. You know, we haven't had many local players. You know, coming yeah. in. Sometimes in, in January, though, there is the panic buying. You know, because when the January transfer window comes round, managers tend to go out and and think they need someone when they don't really need. Um, players and that's been a few examples up and down the years of players signed in the in the January window it's important for Derek to really do his homework so it looks it sounds like that he's uh, he's doing that he's he's going away to watch players he's not just 
watching a, a DVD or whatever managers do these days come the end of the, the, the window, John, and decide to sign him an hour before the deadline? I don't think Derek Allen's has ever been a, a, a panic buyer in, mm-hmm. for, from his time at Ross County. Um, for, from from a, an outsider, you could maybe say he's got he's got a couple of strategies. He he, he goes with players that he trusts from from his own playing days. Um, but but as as the longer time goes on, where he hasn't played, the, those those players that he's played with are getting older, and they're probably not uh, as probably not as useful a signing as they once were when when he first started in management. The other thing would be to go for um, ex, a, SPL players or players who have been in the fringes of maybe bigger teams uh, or more established SPL teams. Um, you could look at Sam Morrow and Gary Glenn as two good examples of that. Mm-hmm. It's worked with Richard Britton, it's worked with Paul Lawson, it's worked with Martin Scott to a certain extent, Rocco Quinn... Um, Ian Vigers as well um, oh, it's Scott Boyd there have been so many ex-SPL players that, that Adams has done well with um, Morrow and Glenn are, are probably they haven't done as well although mm-hmm. neither of them have had a, a consistent run in the team but um, it's it's good to see that Adams has got a, a third prong now that he can he, that he's confident in going down to England and seeing something else Um and I, th- I think a mixture of the three is probably the best way to go. Well, who knows where uh, Derek Adams is shopping, but uh, no doubt there will be some new faces in the January transfer window at Victoria Park. That's it for us here on the Ross County Fan Zone. Coming up this weekend, live commentary of Motherwell versus Ross County on MFR2. Super scoreboard live from 2.30. That's it from us. We'll be back next week. The Ross County Fan Zone on MFR with Ian Ald. Listen again online at mfr.co.uk slash rosscounty. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Get more from the North's number one radio station at mfr.co.uk.